0: starting we're going three two one lion's lounge lockdown episode four stephen reed Reedy, thank you for joining us mate we got here in the end didn't we with the uh audio
2: yeah it's been about an hour it took about an hour to get set up so we're already an hour and ten we're going to be longer than Sads. this interview
0: <laughs> fantastic icebreaker though wouldn't
2: it <laughs> we've got to know each other that's for sure
0: <laughs> through sign lag, which we did get to know each other mate um Millwall 1998 to 2003 but a lot of people may or may not know you was at Millwall a long time before that mate you was at Millwall since day dot
2: yeah started at the club when I was 11 so I had trials for played for Kingston Borough where I was from then ended up having Surrey trials after that and it was it was from there really Uh, we had a scout at the time called Mick Beard who's Son, Mark Mark, and yeah, yeah, Mark be his dad, and obviously, Matty doing well now with the, with the West Ham ladies. So, yeah, it was just one of those. How it was then, it would be a, be a, you know, a chat with your mum and dad and see if I can get down to the as it was then. It was just a center of excellence at the time. So, you train one day a week to start with, and it probably stayed like that for, for a few years. You'd probably go into the club during the half term and school holidays to get a little bit more training in, but. It wasn't like it is now, when you're getting day release from school and you can't play for your, you know, your club side or your or your school. It yeah, was yeah. it was quite relaxed. So you still, which was which was good for me at the time that you could you could play with your mates still. You could play for your school and play in the, you know, Kingston Little League. So you're still getting all the different types of football at that age.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean, mate. Eventually, obviously, you signed schoolboys and then YTS. Was you always? Would you always a uh... I was going to say, was you always a winger? But we'll get on to that. I want to ask you about your best position later on. Was you, I think it was a forward to start with, wasn't you?
2: Yeah, started as a, as a striker, as a kid. Um, and then that went into the youth team uh, as a striker. But a little bit later on, when you're getting close to breaking into the first team, you always kind of get sort of ushered out onto the, one of the wide positions. It's usually the way. But I did start as a striker. wasn't really an out-and-out striker. I was more sort of like to drop it drop in and get on the get on the ball. But I think that's probably the last time I ever played as a striker when I sort of left the youth team and, and broke into the first team. So coming yeah, coming up through the ranks it was always it was always as a an out and out striker back then.
0: Who did you come with through with in your it was in your YT years or year above or year below? Anyone we uh,
2: at the time. Lake. Lake I didn't see played a couple of times for the club, probably should have gone on and and had a decent career. I I played Mm -hmm. alongside him, you know, for our club side, you know, a lot of my sort of Sunday league team actually played for, played for Millwall as well. Obviously the the recognizable ones, obviously I for, we had that, that partnership when we played up front together in the youth team. Uh, Richard Barnard was in goal. Um, Ronnie Ball played, obviously went on to have a, went on to have a decent, (laughs) decent career at the club as well. He was a, Bit of a lunatic, yeah. He's um, funny, funny bloke, you know, great left foot, right foot. Joe Dolan played a few games in that youth team, um, but not too many. Not too many made that actual step up from sort yeah. from my age group <coughs> into the first team. Tommy Tyne, Tommy Tyne, I think played. Tommy a Tyne times. from around,
0: around, around my way.
2: Tommy Tyne. yeah, from he, come, yeah. yeah he come. Yeah, he from non-league. He made a couple of appearances, um, but we had a had a good side, good mixture of. Obviously, that's how it was at Mill. You had sort of good talent, good catchment as well. Mm. South London always had good talent, but also some tough, tough kids as well.
0: I think that's, that's credit to you, mate, because I say, like, people I know that come into the game, they come into the game late. To go from 11 all the way through to being a man winning promotion in the first thing, That that is rare. And I said earlier, you know, we spoke to Sads yesterday or the day before. He obviously had his problems with injury. I feel seemed to have a very... Um, confidence issues, which was, you know, for me, thinking of a professional footballer in a wing, i just assumed he'd be confident. For me, he was always, I said to you earlier, off, off, before we started recording, you know, you seemed to be the one who we saw just steady, uh, technically very good, and seemed to just have a relaxed and very good attitude towards you. Do you think that played a part in you succeeding?
2: A little bit. I think behind all of that, I was a bit of a worry as well. You know, still to this day, you beat yourself up. if, Especially yes. now, being a coach if the session's not right or you don't get a result. And back then, back then I was exactly the same. If if I had a shit game, I'd be thinking about it till the next one. Probably similar to most, but yeah, I, yeah. Did, I did overthink a little bit about my game. It didn't always come, it wasn't easy, it didn't come easy to me. I wasn't one of the ones coming through, probably really took off for me in that first year YT. YT. Um, went on to have England trials, England under-16s as a striker, So when I was playing in that England team alongside Franny Jeffers and Joe Cole was in there, Gareth Barry, that's when you start thinking, you know, you're mixing with these players, you might have, might have half a chance. But the dream always for me, every step of the, every step of the way was to, you know, you sign your scholarship, you sign your schoolboy forms. And then I was just desperate to, to start full time. Did, did pretty well at school, you know, finished school, but I only had one thing in my mind and that was to... To be a footballer, you know, to realise that you can get paid for doing it, and despite it being forty-two pound fifty, oh, by the, the way, <laughs> <laughs> we used to rip the ass out the expenses, the travel the young- cards.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. For the youngsters watching, who may think, "What is YTS?" YTS was you got paid forty-two pound fifty a week to basically clean pros' boots, sweeply dressing rooms, or just get verbally abused by the pros as well, wouldn't
2: it? Pretty much. You'd have lads. <laughs> You'd have some of the lads that you know you've got the the skip containers with all the obviously all the kit you know loaded on and loaded off and that, but you could often find a couple of the y t lads being stuck in there with a couple of the <laughs> senior boys pinned them in there you'd have lads shitting in shoes you'd have but do you know what i i loved i couldn't wait to get started and start cleaning the the pros boots and doing the jobs. I just couldn't wait to to do it when yeah. when I first started I was on Dave Savage and Danny Upton's boots as a first year.
0: He wasn't much younger, older than you at that point, surely.
2: I think Danny was, he might have been three years older. I think Ives was a year older than me mm. and Timmy. And then Sads and sort of Birchie were that little bit little bit older. Joe Dolan, a year older than me. Um, Dave but yeah, I, I just, Dave Savage, he was Dave generous Sav- as well. Him and, him and Bobby Bowery, Kim Grant, Tony Witter, they, Used to have the odd weekend in Dublin, and a couple of times I missed a flight. Yeah, they'd be coming in steamy, and I'd have to have his boots ready for him with a shiny I'd, I was a good boot boy, and he used to he used to give me he used to give me about hundred quid at Christmas, which back then was over two weeks' wages for me as a mm. YT. But I was on. But we used to do everything. I remember in the summer we'd have have to clean the urinals with toothbrushes. We used to be on toilet duty, and when there's a few senior lads that have been on a session on a Sunday, and like Tony Dolby in in Trap Two, you don't want to be on toilets. And Ricky Newman, players players like Ricky Newman. Could Ricky Newman, Newman, Ricky, Newman lie uh, Ricky players like that. <laughs> we just see part of the development of the YT lads leave whatever they wanted in the toilets, and us YT lads would would make sure that it got cleaned. And then that once, all the jobs were done. Obviously, at the time, we had Callie, Kevan Callahan, and, and Mick Flanagan to, to check all the jobs. But do you know what? You look back <laughs> at it now and they are, the, they are the best times. They're the most fun times and most enjoyable probably playing football when you look, look back at it and you realise yeah. sort of you build your, build your character back then.
0: Probably a little bit more freedom to play up a bit then and not get away with it at that younger
2: age. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think the, a lot of the senior lads, I think, like that. And I think that's probably what's missing as, as football's developed and obviously the academies train on different sites mm. to, the, to the seniors a lot of the time now. You find that a lot of the young lads struggle with that communication mm. when they break into the first team. But back then, you was just all in a tight little training ground. You step out of line. One of the, one of the senior lads Like at the time, I remember Morris Doyle was a bit of a lunatic. Gerard what's Lavin... It? Yeah, he was a what? tough little. He was he was a tough guy, little but little central midfielder, but, wasn't he? Morris, yeah, no? but you didn't mess with you didn't mess with any of those senior lads, that's for sure. But we was lucky as well. The, the senior lads, were, I, I had a decent relationship with Bobby Bowery. who would stay behind, and we'd practice striking the ball. And I think if you showed well, a little bit of well,
0: character, you you're striking of a ball. You didn't get from <laughs> you Bobby Bowery.
2: Let me see that. <laughs> he wasn't a fan's favourite he definitely wasn't a fans favorite but for me personally he was he was a big influence in that initial sort of starting as a full t- full time you know YT lads he was he was he was great for me
0: so good to win it like just bobby Bowery, like Ricky dum that just that era for me sort of that was when i was around 15 16 i remember back to the cut runs and all that and the captain morgan kids. Yeah. Every time I think of Ricky Newman for now, and I'm going to be thinking of the, of a, of a loggies left for you. you know what I mean,
2: <laughs> like I, I've said I was horrible. Ricky Newman was one of the, but a few of them were. You know, when you stepped up, I remember my. I think my first training session was of, with the first team was was uh, under Doherty. Actually, after Jimmy Nickel got the sack, I think I yeah. was, might have I might have come in to a youth team it might be in a half term or something like that trained I remember actually one of the youth team coaches Tom Wally there was another 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 lunatic who really sort of drilled in proper you know work ethic respect um, he was just you asked lights of Birchie, you had him for majority of their youth career he really did instill all of that in you but yeah trained in that session I think I went past McCleary as a 15 or 16 year old. And you can imagine he's come and scissored me. said, don't you ever do that again? So but I trained that's like pretty well. Training. Yeah. Oh, don't you, really. You, oh yeah. I probably did. I probably got it again and had another go at him, but yeah, yeah. some of them like Ricky Newman would just <laughs> probably, I did it the same when I, as I got older, when the younger players used to step up and train with the seniors or the first team, you need to let them know that one, you're not going to try and take my place. And two, don't make me look like a dickhead as well. Or going to leave a bit on you. So Ricky, (laughs) yeah, he'd always train with his wet top on, always be sweating like like you wouldn't believe. But alongside all of that, and alongside how horrible a lot of them were, they'd also pull you to one side and give you advice, easily approachable. And we was the type of characters in that youth team that would approach the senior lads. Or, you know, if any of the strikers wanted a bit of finishing, we'd stay behind and put some crosses in. Or, you know, midfielder wanted to you know, do some technical drills. We'd play them. You wanted to just stay out. I mean, we used to go out before. Quite funny, actually. You'd see all the old boys that would be having a cup of tea in the mornings. Me, Ives, Timmy, Joe Dolan. Be straight out. No warm-up. Just smashing footballs around. You yeah. know, like you can't believe. We just, just loved it. Just loved it. My first away trip was... I was actually rooming with Ricky Newman. You know, I might have been just turned 17, something like that. And... You know, you couldn't put someone in with, you know, more of an animal than Ricky Newman, that's for sure. <laughs> but he was another one. T- hard as nails, but... Really? Uh, yeah, you no. see. Yeah. Some of these... Well, they were to us. They were to us.
0: As, he just used to stand there and point in the midfield. I don't remember. He seemed like really laid back, like the way he played in that. This is brilliant.
2: But players like that, you, we were sort of 15, 16 just starting and, you know, we worshipped him. You know, we clean their boots. I remember one of the, he's a good mate of mine now, Pat McGuire. Um, he didn't make it; he's gone into law now. But I remember one morning he was on Rhino's boots, and Rhino walked past, and he said, "Morning, rhinoceros," as a <laughs> <laughs> as a sixteen-year-old sixteen-year-old kid, and oh Rhino lost it. I'm not your fucking rhinoceros, and I'm not <laughs> your mate. Clean my fucking boots. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that you don't do to Rhino as a young lad, just starting out. That's for so sure.
0: you give me that one. So boys, watch this. Watch what I'm going to say to him, and then said it, and then thought, oh dear.
2: Yeah, I think that's the last we see of Pat <laughs> Maguire Still mates with him now, but he didn't last too much longer.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but
2: great, great days, great days. And around that time, when I f- obviously when I first started full time, it was Billy Bonds and he yeah. he made he made all the YTS lads. <laughs> coming to training every day in a collar, shirt, collar, trousers and shoes. Yeah. You know, most of us obviously not got a pot to piss in. So we're just wearing the same, same gear every single day. But even stuff like that, it's back then there's a little bit of discipline, you know, respect for the senior Maybe players. It was, and, and then. it was better, wasn't it? Made a man of you. It was. Definitely built my character and he was, he epitomised that I know it didn't work out for for Billy Bonds at the time. And he only had that year at the club. But, you know, for me, he was, like Sad said it in his interview, you know, the stature of him pre-season. He took all the YTS lads for a, a part run and, and smashed us all to pieces. Won that. Then he'd be in the gym lifting weights, ridiculous weights. And he was obviously the one that gave me my first first pro contract on my 17th birthday.
0: God, you must have been buzzing, mate. You, to, to come through, see so many people come and leave... Uh, an interesting thing—we've mentioned him, a good mate of yours, good teammate of yours. He spoke very highly of you, Paul feel, But the first interaction I had with I about you on camera, he said he was fucking horrible. Didn't like really at all. <laughs> what was that
2: about? Do you, do I watched a bit it. Me. Do you want to stand up? For no, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you know how I was at that time. I, I started the season well, so obviously left school that summer and then went straight into straight into full-time football at Millwall. I was doing pretty well. Pretty quickly, got in the England under-16 side. So probably thought I was a little bit of a player. You know, we signed signed Ives from from a non-league club, and you could already you could tell that he, he had a bit. I know he said on his trial game that he, he had a stinker, but yeah. he had quality Ives. Quick, strong. You know, a lot of the time might bounce off his shins and go through and not two or three people. But on his day. He was he was sensational. So probably saw him as a little bit of a threat. And there's no way that I was going to be anyone's best mate. That's for sure. If there's someone coming in to try and take your yeah, place in the in the that, side, man, yeah. you, you're competing for probably three or four pro contracts up for grabs at that stage. And you know I wanted it more than more than anyone. Remember us signing yeah. Joe Dolan as well from Chelsea. So I remember his first day. I was stood in the physio room and he wandered out to train and I was sort of peering out the glass thinking, who's this big time Charlie from Chelsea? <laughs> he, he says similar things about me as well. When he signed, I think we had a similar sort of relationship where, you know, it was all young lads that wanted to, yeah, yeah. wanted Locked to make it. It was good laughs. So good laughs. But ultimately when we got out on the pitch, all of that, whatever was going on, we just wanted to do well. We had, you know, it was a good side, really good side. And pretty quickly, you know, one or two of us would start joining in joining training with, a, with the first team. And, yeah, it took a little bit of time probably to get Pally, but we got there in the end. And I think that showed in the success we had later on down the line. million percent, man, And I make
0: you right. Like you, like, you've got to have that little bit of aggression, a little bit like, I'm here to, I'm here to win a contract. I'm not me not here to be his mate. Once you're both flying in the first team on separate wings, that was fine then, do you know what I mean?
2: But, um, yeah. I think you have to be. If, when, you, when you play for Mill, you, you have to be even when you're maybe recommending a player to Mill or you're thinking about whether a player can play for Mill, you need to take into account the other side of the club. If you're not doing so well, how tough it, it can be. You know, you need to be a different type of mentality to play there, that's for sure. And I think that showed in probably a little bit of the needle in the in the youth team that we had. But that went out the window completely when we when we got out on the pitch. But so we actually started to playing together up front, me and Ives, and we hit off pretty quickly. You know, I was scoring for fun. We had Mick Flanagan who would do individual work with the pair of us. We, to be fair, I'd get the ump if Ives would score and I didn't and he probably was the same. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was probably more he was probably the more out and out striker in a way. You know, he'd obviously had his non-league games and scoring for fun. So he was a you know he'd run in behind all the time. I was probably a little bit more wanting to create and sort of drop into a sort of into the hole and and create from there but it, it the partnership the partnership seemed to work really well who gave you your debut billy bonds Billy gave you billy your first bonds. he gave my first contract so i was playing in the england under 16s and then you you know you're on the bus and you're listening to lads that you know talking about what sort of money they're on and what you know, they we're talking about some of the best players in the in the country. i was still at Millwall. We're still in sort of the old what'd it be? Well, League One. So third division. So it was just really a matter of time before you don't know at the time, but I'd imagine there was probably scouts sniffing around, you know, sixteen yeah. year old still at Millwall. Um so seventeenth birthday, called up to called up to see the gaffer, Bonzo up in his up in his office, you know, not an agent to be no, this was at the at the training okay. ground. So you used to go up, all the staff offices were upstairs. So he pulled me in and said, this, this is what you're getting, son. Uh, not a negotiation. So, not not an agent in sight. I'm there shitting Sorry, myself. A- absolutely <laughs> delight, You know, I was I was buzzing. But all I said to him was, can I just go home and, and speak to my mum and dad about it? And after that, it was pretty much, it was not, no, no negotiation. Even my parents, you look back now and you... I think that's changed a little bit because in those situations, I think a lot of the parents like to play the field a little bit. Can you get more elsewhere? But mum and dad were just just sign it, just absolutely buzzing for me, and I couldn't wait to couldn't wait to sign that first deal. Or whatever, it's probably two seven five or or three hundred quid a week. Yeah. Jesus.
0: So sure, it's, Oh, to be fair. No, it was
2: good, yeah. it, but it was irrelevant anyway. It, it, he was a professional footballer.
0: Yeah, you know, it's you'd never, plan.
2: not, not yeah, you'd not, excuse me, you'd not made it by any stretch, but you'd taken that first step onto that ladder and you'd signed something that you've always wanted to, you know, from a kid, that's all you ever wanted to do. And yeah, yeah. you signed the, signed the first little bit that hopefully was going to lead to a long career.
0: Well, it did, mate. It led to a very successful career at Millwall. Do you remember your debut? It was against Yeah,
2: I remember it well, against Bournemouth. It wasn't a full debut, it was came on last last 20 minutes of the game. So about 10 minutes into that last bit of the game. There was a pitch invasion. So we all had to come off. They had to get the fans then back off the pitch. So then we came on for the last pitch
0: invasion.
2: I don't know. I think there was just a bit of it was just a f- bit of a funny time at the club at that at that point. The fans I don't think we're were happy with with Billy Barnes as manager, that whole kind of West Ham connection never really seemed to yeah, seemed yeah. to fit at Millwall. The season didn't go that well. I think we ended up f- finishing in the bottom half of the table. I think they were just fed up and went out onto the pitch and and ruined my little 15, 20-minute cameo at the end. But I nearly nearly scored, actually. Nearly scored yeah. in that game. Um, but, yeah, incredible feeling for me. Probably a nothing game at the end of the season, in a way. But for me, it meant... Meant the world. Tim Cahill made his debut in that game. I think he might have started. Timmy, actually, I think he might have started that game. So that was that was our both of our debut in that game.
0: Brilliant. Do you remember your first goal? We well,
2: will. Remember first, your first goal, game. yeah. It it was it a rocket? It, it won. It was Knox County away. Second game of the I think it was second game of the believe it or not of the promotion season. So after making my debut. For the next couple of seasons, I was I was pretty average. You know, I hadn't scored after a certain amount of games. I remember making my full league debut the following season. So that would have been 98-99. I think it was about three or four games in. So came on against Birmingham in the game before in the Cup. I remember coming on and two-footed whoever it was. And the fans absolutely loved it. Probably should have got sent off. But straight away, that was a pat on the back for the... Yeah. From the middle fans, and then the, a couple of games after that, I played. Started against Bournemouth away, came off injured, and actually ended up having a <laughs> having an ankle surgery. Oh. And I was spent. I think I was out for three or four months, and never really, to be honest with you, never really got going until that until that promotion season. Yeah. You know, I remember I remember in one in one summer, a load of us went to firstly we went to Ibiza. It was me. Joe Dolan, Birchie, Birchie's brother, uh, Nevers was there, Phil Smith. I think there's a few other. Sads might have been there. So we had that one for a few days, which was a, a session. I was only a young lad. And then after that, we had two weeks in Malia, another group of us. And we came back, I think it was three or four days before pre-season started. And, I, and uh, do you know what? I learned my, lesson, learned my lesson that summer because the following season – I was hopeless. I knew in pre-season that we did the park run out. If you come out the back of the old training ground, you, there's a couple of big fields around the back there, past Ravensbourne Station. And Scott Fitz went past me. No disrespect to Fitzy, but he wasn't a he wasn't he wasn't an athlete. Put it. He a way. He must have been a bit of a veteran by that point, and all. He was. So he's gone past me, and I knew I knew then that fucked up. Really, you know, having that summer, not looking after my board, and. Do you know, it was probably a massive learning curve that summer because I mm. went on, I think, that season, which would have been probably 99-2000, I think I only started 11 league games. Never really... You know, don't get me wrong, I played a lot of games with, with Ryan and Macca, but I don't know, I never really got the sense... I don't know whether it was just me or didn't really feel like he was, he was having me. Might be completely wrong. And
0: yeah, know, That was going to be my next question. Because, like, obviously, Billy Bonds went, who gave you your debut... And then they yeah. come in. Did you, did you not really feel that could just be his evil and and You're like, "Oh, is he having me? Is he not having me?" Or
2: a little bit. It was. It was tough, you know. And that's that was the way at the time. So you look back at it and you think built definitely built some toughness and resilience. You know, it wasn't easy through the YT and then you know Rhino and Maka. They will tell you how it how it was in training. You know, Rhino still joining in a little bit. So. He'd, He'd let you know if you weren't you know if you weren't putting a shift in, but alongside that a bit of confidence went obviously after that summer where I didn't look after myself, performances dropped, and you got a little bit of stick off the fans at at that point, but I definitely learned my lesson for the next summer because that's when I made a conscious effort after that to well was, I only do a week yeah. in Melia <laughs> <laughs> And give yourself a week to recover. But no, I, <laughs> I, I, did, I did extra that summer. I found a little, there was a little gym in, in West London that did these, you know, sprint, sprint courses on these treadmills that are on inclines. And I made sure that I was ready because ultimately, if I had another season like I had that one, it probably would have been, I probably would have been on my way. It wasn't, them two years just, just wasn't good enough. It so told- first goal. So I was going to yeah, say, so my well, first goal was that next season, was against Notts County, and it's the most Birchie, Mark Birch, hammers me for the goal celebration. So I've waited about 40 games to get my first goal, and the celebration's like something you'd see in 1940s or 50s, you know, highlights reel. It was the most, you know, standard handshake. With Matt Lawrence it was. So there's no cuddle or jumping on or anything. It was just a stand there. And a formal handshake, but that—that that was a big moment. That gave me that gave me the confidence to really kick on that season.
0: Well, so I don't—I only remember you as what you just said there, where you wasn't performing. And I don't remember any of that. So obviously, never do you, I. No, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't—it wasn't, wasn't a lasting impact. You—you you definitely. I said to you earlier, you know, for me, you was—you was just Mister Steady. You always went about your business well. Technically, very, very good. What was it like playing the team with like Cahill? What, what, what did you think, position-wise, for you?
2: I always wanted to have a go in centre midfield. You know, I made my debut right wing and I played left wing. said before we went on air, I remember having a game at left back, played a couple of games at right back. Might have filled in at centre midfield once or twice. I think I probably even maybe done a job up front at some point as well. But oh. I always wanted to have a little run in centre midfield. But... I think the balance we had, especially in that, obviously in that promotion season, was was spot on really. Because you had Timmy, who could score goals for fun. Probably the best, best I've ever seen to this day. In the air was was incredible. And you mm. had Livers, Livers most of the time just sat in there, just two footing and scissoring anything that moved. Ife on the right, obviously could, it could be anything. It could be a ten out of ten. Ife on his day, more often than not, he was. Especially in that season, those couple of seasons, he was he was brilliant, but at times a little bit unpredictable. Yeah. I played; it was almost like ahead of his time. I was a right foot of them playing on the on the left wing. I thought so that was, earlier. Yeah, it well. was. But I would look to get it back on on my right. You know, keep the ball. I'd be doubling up with Robbie Ryan. I'd give Robbie a little bit of stick. I used to do all of his running for him. He was <laughs> <laughs> he was steady away behind. You know, Daishi, Nevers. You know, Scott Fitz. Even, I remember Dave Tuttle, actually. He, he was at the club and had a he, was a. he was better than a lot of people thought, actually. Tuts, scruffy man. Real scruffy Massive man. Ed. Massive head. He used to drive this escort estate, which was about 15 years old. Remember one pre-season, he brought it back in. And lads, uh, he used to call it the passion wagon. He did. <laughs> so he's brought it in pre-season. Lads, uh, you're not, not chopping it in, Tuts. He just put a new engine in it. He wouldn't even get a new car. He just put a new engine in the, in the purple passion wagon. <laughs> did he call it the passion wagon or you, call it? Yeah, you, know, you called you know, it? wagon? no, he did. He did. But <laughs> I actually had a little spell where there was me. Uh, I used to pick up Scott Fitz, uh, Tuts on the way in and, and Bobby Bowery for a little spell as well. So we had a little, a little car school in my, in my blue Citroen Saxo, which I thought was the, which I thought was the nuts. I was playing for the Republic of Ireland. So I, during that season, I broke into the Republic of Ireland and I still, I was still driving my Citroën Saxo after about five or six caps with a free insurance. Oh, really? Was, yeah. I remember one, we had an Ireland game and we flew back. Stupidly, I said to a few of the lads that lived in London, I'll, uh, I'll park to the airport and the Longstay, I'll drop you home. So we land and we get to the Longstay car park and say to the lad, I think it was Dave Connolly, Steve Finnan and... Kenny Cunningham, all playing Premier League football. I said, here we, here we go, lads, jump in. They think, yeah, you're t- taking the piss. There's my blue Citroen Saxo, you know, <laughs> playing for the Republic. So they absolutely hammered me for for years. But it just shows you, I was still, as international footballer, that wouldn't happen these days. You know, it's Mercedes before you play the first team game, let alone playing, playing for be your scared, country. You'd be scared to take
0: that sort of thing or a purple passion wagon into the car park these days, you? would, would
2: though, would you? <laughs> Yeah, you would, but at, my, at the time, it was my, my pride and joy. Wembley, your first... Was it your first full season? It played... would have been. It would have been... 90, uh, yeah, it would have been 98-99. So I played, I played about 30 games that season and, again, form was up and down, but leading into the, the cup final, it was pretty clear that was probably going to be starting. That was... Uh, one of those experiences that you you wish you could you wish you could do again, because mm. there's so many there's so many moments like that in your career where they just kind of just pass you by. You're a little bit a little blasé a little about it. You think you're going to have another one following season. You'd be back at Wembley a few times, but incredible moment, especially mm-hmm. I think I've I've Errol, said to you my nineteen. I would have been. I would have been nineteen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen. 18, yeah, 18, Sometimes their whole career don't get to go to Wembley. The, I, yeah. I, done it.
0: Thanks for coming.
2: So, and especially the old Wembley. Mm. You know, when you sort of speak to people that have played at the new one and you're, you're lucky enough to have played at the old one, the pitch. It was quite a warm day, actually. The pitch felt huge. So I think it was cramping after an hour. I don't think we played particularly well. And it was Wigan. I think one of the lads mentioned they had 8,000. We had... Mm. We had corner flag wrapped all the way round to the opposite corner flag. And last, last minute Wigan, uh, last minute winner from Wigan just killed the day. I think we went back to the, we stayed at a hotel just next to Hyde Park. So we went back after the game and had a, had a bit of a smash up after that. But it was, <laughs> it was a shame up because... Mate, how that
0: day was you, IF, Cahill and Ricky Newman.
2: Yeah.
0: And then and Sads and Harris up front, that was...
2: Without, without well, like Wigan, Wigan were a bit of a bogey team. Wigan were always a decent side, good experience, you know, a little bit nasty, had a couple of tough characters in their team. Obviously that playoff game when they beat us again. So they were all always a little bit of a, a bogey side, Wigan, always always had some decent quality about them. Always found them a tough tough one to crack. And mm. unfortunately for us, it was I nearly give a penalty away, actually. Last last few minutes of that game at Wembley, but yeah, great memories from it, but it's just a shame that at the time that you don't take it in as much as you should and obviously yeah. that we didn't get we didn't get the win that obviously fifty five odd thousand Mill fans wanted. It was one of them as well where you'd have generations of Mill fans going to it. I remember on the bus actually you'd see the kids and the parents and the the grandparents there. It was one of them where an occasion like that just brought out generations of Mill fans. It was it was brilliant, brilliant day.
0: So obviously as we said um Wigan done us in the cup final. The following season, you said it wasn't your greatest season. They've done us again in the playoffs. But the season after, obviously the promotion season is where you really come into your own and all the rest of the squad yeah. under Mark McGee the champions.
2: <laughs> we've, yeah we've heard,
0: we've heard we've heard lots of stories about not just how good the games were, but the camaraderie. So I'm hoping you can fill us in further.
2: Yeah, I think Luckily for a lot of our younger players, again, Sad's touched on it. We was lucky that the club was skin, pretty much Mm. from the days of you know years before that. They obviously the new stadium for start. Then there was a couple of mad seasons when the two Russians come in on massive dough. Uh, The two Russians, yeah, remember, yeah, them two come in like
0: you ran and players,
2: yeah, years ago. And then I think Millwall ended up getting to a place where it's just kind of chuck the young lads in see what they can do and on the back of obviously the experiences at Wembley a lot of us had pl- by that stage had played a lot of first team football mm. and i think especially personally for me that season was a big one because of how i looked after myself in that summer i think a couple of the the senior lads said in pre-season you know you went away sort of as a bit of a bit of a kid and you've come back into pre-season as a man you know in mm. the run in i was sort of at the f- Towards the front of a lot of the runs. You know, was the season before, I think I was just in front of Nigel Spink in the running on the in the park. The run. old
0: keeper. He was about 30 felt, yeah, he played cross.
2: He was. But another brilliant character. But I felt I felt fit, I felt strong, and I felt confident. Got that first goal pretty pretty early in that season. And as the season develops, the, the team started to settle into you know, everyone in their positions, uh, everyone playing well. We had a bit of everything. We had could kick here, could play. Got good experience, got youth. Mm. You know, it was coming up against some top players, but you, you probably didn't really respect sort of personalities or reputations. We just yeah. went out with with a bit of an arrogance and a confidence that we could we could turn anyone over.
0: That's probably why you did as well. It was an unknown uh, unknown entity for you, and you just, you just did the business. You just mentioned there, and I've got it written down in my notes, and, and you just brushed on it, a, good, a very good mix of old and young combo. We've heard a lot about the young. We've heard bits and pieces about Nevers and Shung Yeah. What,
2: what was they like? <clears throat> Nevers was, before a game, a nightmare. Just... Shouting, swearing at the top of his voice, he'd always have to spew up before a game. Before we go out, you know, Nevers in the toilet having a little spew up. You know, you know, Daishi just spitting all over the place. For some reason, he just couldn't stop spitting like, on the floor around his feet. It was, he oh. was a disgrace. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what? Alongside that, obviously, Chopper had come in a couple of seasons before from from non-league and hit the ground running. But it, Tony Warner, bonus, big character in the in the dressing room, always having a laugh, having a joke. If there's anyone's had their gear cut up, like I remember Leon Constantine had a Lacoste, <laughs> he had he had a Lacoste polo. So Birchie and Birchie and a bonus got hold of that, snipped the crocodile off it, hide, just kidnapped the crocodile and <laughs> send him rans, ransom notes in and every, oh brilliant. <laughs> Leon weren't happy. <laughs> Leon was not happy. But, um,
0: well, they just sent him ransom notes. Ransom <laughs> notes. <laughs> 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 we want, we Pay the croc up or the, croc,
2: or the croc gets it. <laughs> so just good characters, you know, just, but would also, wouldn't let you get carried away. I remember a couple of times when you maybe read the paper on a Sunday and you've got Starman, you come in the next day and you have Daishi and, and Nevers giving you a little bit, you know, how much you bribed a, The reporter for that one, you shit. So you can never get carried away with with that way while you was doing because you'd soon get brought back down to earth, even by the fans. You know, I remember one stage was top of the league. I think next season we drew a game and got booed off. That was just, uh, (laughs) they weren't happy with it. Yeah, they weren't happy with it. And that was, you know, that was what you're dealing with. You had to to perform, deliver, give 100% every time you went out there.
0: That ruthless, what I say that ruthless approach in the dressing room, sort of, is elder in good stead, really, because of what our fan base is like.
2: Yeah, but but got on well with each other. Would have the I lived a little bit further away. I lived in I didn't stay in Diggs, so I lived mm-hmm. lived in Kingston still. So I'd, you know, drive over and then drive back in the yeah after training. Uh, had a couple of little ventures to to the house of house of sin casa, 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 casa del sadlia remember one <laughs> one time in particular so stayed at stayed at sads after we've probably been in the bell and delano's and all that so from sads i've walked into bromley to get the bus there was a bus actually that went from bromley to kingston so i've hopped on the bus on the sunday got back to kingston pumped into someone i knew in kingston when i was getting the other bus to get home whoever it was what's to your eyebrows? Sad so I, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I've wandered from Sadses, which was on that on that main road into Bromley, so I've walked into Bromley, waited for the bus, probably busy Bromley, steamerery playing for Millwall, whatever, got on the bus, got to Kingston with no eyebrows <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with, oh so it's... God it was but it was a good good fun good laugh good place to be obviously enjoyed enjoyed our our nights out our christmas parties most seasons you'd have the end of season trip at the at the end of the season but that was just part and parcel of it good laugh off the pitch but as soon as we went out there we you know we knew what we was doing and and just enjoyed being in each other's company but the same feeling was around the training ground rita and lorraine in the kitchen Weren't the best, you know the ham pasta, tuna pasta. You got run the groundsman, but it, was, it did feel like sort of one big. It was definitely was.
0: Cheer, but she's a lovely woman. We like her.
2: Yeah, we everyone looks after each other. Real, real good feeling about the place. That's brilliant.
0: Did you ever find a culprit for the cyborgs? Uh, sorry, culprit no. for the uh, eyebrows.
2: No, I'm sure one of the lads on the group chat probably probably be Warner. Definitely be involved. Sads. <laughs> Sad's possibly. Warner will probably actually on the WhatsApp. He's probably still got him at home. So he'll probably put a picture up on the WhatsApp group chat and My my eyebrow somewhere.
0: He's got a picture of you in no eyebrows and Leon Constantine's crocodile on the other Well
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no doubt Warner will be involved somewhere.
0: We found when I spoke to Sad, he said no one wants to talk about the actual football. You know what I mean? Mm. Because we was all there. It was brilliant. We all experienced it as players and fans. And I don't think we mentioned one game with Sadia. And we won't, mm. I don't want to get into deep into games with you because, I said, we all know how good it was. But we've got to talk about the Reed Rocket. Promotion yeah. day. Older, yeah. um, 5-0. I remember, I still remember to this day, my mate Richard Isom, if he's watching, we was there in the Dockers lower and, and everyone came out. All the players come out and the olden players came out and they had footballs as well. And they booted the footballs into our end. Mm. Someone caught one near us. I was just sort of giving them away. And my mate went, do you know what? That tells me that they... They they're just ready to they're ready for a pace at the day they, they just yeah you know their season's over and they're just there to, to take what comes and they wasn't bad mate we were just devastating that day and unbelievable
2: unbelievable yeah it was it was one of them and, and by by that stage and that by that stage of my career I was getting into I was getting into better areas I was creating chances I was starting to score goals you know I, always since I was a kid could always lash a ball. Ridic- never won for tricks and keep ups and all that, but always had a, you know, always had a clean strike of the football. But sort of in the build up to that, we went on that. Obviously, the Cambridge game involved, but that was what led to that. Was I think we won about five on the spin. So it was Cambridge, I think Stoke, Port Vale, Swindon, Wrexham, uh, Wrexham in there. So we went on an unbelievable run towards the end of that season, and just everything was clicking. You look through that side and. Obviously, Lucas Neil, Timmy, myself, you know, Eiffel, all performing well. Had Chopper, Sads, uh, Paul Moody at that stage as well. Who, mm. By the way, if you didn't get it within two inches of Paul Moody's foot, he was not moving. <laughs> unbelievable in the air. Unbelievable in the air from crosses. But, oh, my God, you did have to land the ball on his toe. Oh really? But, yeah, everything, especially that day, that yeah, sell
0: think, out. The strikers almost sport, really, really. Let's, let's have it right. Although yeah. they were very good, Chopper, uh Sads, Clarish come in for a while. Moody, they must have been sport for choice. If you've got anyone wanting to the whip balls in? It's surely you or I feel Kinai as well. Lucas Nil could stick a cross
2: in. Yeah, but that was a key. I think definitely. Well, whatever league you're in, but especially Championship League One, League Two, if you've got a couple of strikers, or at least one that's gonna score twenty odd goals a season, then it gives you a chance, we had you know, we had Chopper, we had Sad's chipping in, we had Paul Moody chipping in, we had Claridge that came in and who was who was unbelievable, by the way. Scruffy Scruffier than Tuttle. He was (laughs) scruffier than Tuttle. He would be one while Dice should be spitting and Nevers would be in the toilet having a Spew up. Claridge would be in the boot bag. So all the lads would take their boots out for the game. Claridge would dive in at the end, pick out two random boots, hold them up like that, see if they're roughly the same size, and just put them on. <laughs> and then Guy out there would be the best player. You know, uh, He, he uh, had uh, pillows so in the back of his car. Him. He'd be training. You could hear car keys in his pocket. He would... <laughs> but then he... <laughs> But then he'd get in the gym after training, and then do a do a twelve minute run on the treadmill at ridiculous speed. He was still so so fit.
0: Was he just like one of them? You thinking, he does everything wrong. How is he good? So good.
2: Yeah, and he was. He could get hold of the ball. He'd always he'd always get into decent positions in the box. Somehow he would just find a way. And and obviously that vast experience that he had was was obviously a great great help for us. Us younger players to sort of, I wouldn't say learn off a lot of what he did because he's just not the typical footballer and everything. That he, no. you know, shim, the shin pads, he he was just he was scruffy.
0: I think Denzel said to me once he went in at his feet in training to try and take the ball and he connected with his leg and he thought, what was that? And he said, what's in, You've got something down your sock. He had his um <laughs> mobile phone down his sock. <laughs> <laughs> He
2: kept up like, bringing him on the slide during training. Yeah, it, it don't surprise me. But <laughs> should probably Warner came in, outstanding, you know, big character, just fitted straight into into the club. He was one of them he was one of the first goalkeepers that I would ever look at. Just used to love coming off the training pitch, knowing that he'd given everything, be covered in shit, you know, just real just loved diving around, hated getting beat. You know, yeah. they're not, I think I might have chipped him once or twice in training and you you got to just take off after that because he'll get <laughs> hold of you and he would yeah, chase you around the training ground if anyone did that. But top keeper at that time and just every little part of that squad and if someone was injured, we had obviously myself, Christoph Kinnett was there to be the odd game that he would start and... I'd be on the bench. I might go on the right. Eiffel might be on the bench. Mm. We, we had decent options in, in most positions. Sorry, I took you away as well. We, started, we drifted off uh, away from the
0: final day. Oldham, 5-0. Yeah. And the Reed Rocket. Good memories of that day and the night after?
2: Yeah, no, it, it was one of them. It, obviously, Chopper's got hold of the ball, I think. I've forgotten who played the pass out. It might have been Livers. Livers played the pass out to him. He just laid it. I didn't even think about it. You, you're playing with that much confidence at the time. I think if mm. that had been a year previous, I probably would have got hold of that and, you know, maybe kept the ball or, you know, looked to pass it on. I didn't even think about it; just get a clean strike on it and ended Barking up in the top pack. corner. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. We went on to have some unbelie- unbelievable days the following season, and Wembley was mm. one, But that Oldham game just—that was just a perfect day.
0: Unbelievable, mate. And in the following season. Obviously, we get promoted, and then now we're back in the championship. For the first time of him. opening day again, another Reed Rocket four 0 again, home to Norwich. Another, yeah, another great, great, mate, watch it earlier again on YouTube, just for a little yeah, bit. Of reminis-
2: it, was, it was again. I think we sort of arrived in the arrived in the championship and didn't fear anyone. We was playing with that much confidence and that much belief. It was probably one or two of us. By that time, starting to get linked with, with moves to, to bigger clubs. But do you know what? Back then, you didn't even you didn't care who was watching games, if there was interest. Like, it, I think now the agents get a little bit busier with all of that. But yeah, yeah. Just, just going back to it, it's probably rare now that so many of us would play that many games at a mill now. Like, I paid 160-something. I've played 250-odd. Timmy's probably another 200. Yeah. Like, now... You probably played twenty or thirty, and you you're gone. That's up.
0: Yeah, yeah. We
2: was lucky that we stayed together for a decent period of time. But that, again, to top that Oldham performance and and game, then we go into the Norwich game and and smash them to pieces. But then get smashed to pieces the following week against Birmingham. I think it was four, four nil, four nil. So that was a real, you know, being brought down to earth one. Obviously, Jeff Horsfield I think got one or two that day, and there to. They had some top players at that time. I think I might have got sent off, actually, in the ne- within the next couple of games against Burnley at home. So I missed missed another few games. So it was a little bit of a stop-start stop time because I missed that Palace game, the one you were talking about with Sads. Mm. Obviously, when he just, when Sads just took off after, after Chopper's illness as well, Sads got his, yeah. his chance. He came back fit and he got off to a flyer as well. But I remember going to that Palace away game and being in with the away fans that had that whole whole I, side.
0: I love that away ground. People say oh, I want West Ham to come down or whatever. That away day for me at Palace is perfect. That that six thousand we get on that sideline is unbelievable noise, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Well I actually obviously I won't say too much about it, but spent a year there coaching as well. Oh yeah. And and it is <laughs> it is an it is a stadium that has got an unbelievable atmosphere, especially mm. back then when we was there as the away team, and, mm. and having that, it's rare now that you'd get the whole yeah. outside. side.
0: Was you in? The, so you was in with the fans? Yeah, like went that? in.
2: Yeah, went in with the with the away fans, and it was it was unbelievable. Sad's got one, Claridge got two, one three one. Yeah, um, and then I think we started to find our feet again after that unbelievable start against Norwich. I think that Palace game kind of kind of reaffirmed that confidence and, and got us going again. How did you find the fans?
0: Like, was you... Because obviously, you know, we're a, we're a very volatile bunch, let's have it right, but you always, you always welcome? you have any funny interactions? Like, there's a story, uh, there's a story going back years that like someone said to me once, a Teddy Sheridan got out of a cab and one of the meal fans took their coat off, laid on the floor, and went, don't step in that, and laid their coat in a puddle <laughs> so Teddy, Teddy Sheridan didn't step in it. Have <laughs> like, you got any classic stories of interactions with fans? Not
2: really. There's, there's one. It probably wasn't a good one, but I did actually get my chance in centre midfield I think it remember if memory serves me it might have been Scumforp at home so I started centre midfield I think I'd been nagging McGee I think it was at the time to have a guy in centre midfield I played with was shit uh, I think I ended up getting taken off or whatever and the next morning still living at my mum's at the time I actually opened the door it was a recorded delivery the postman was a Millwall fan <laughs> Reedy, you were shit last night <laughs> Can <laughs> <laughs> um, But do you know what? It started off really well when I broke into the team initially. And then I had a, I had a couple of seasons where, where I wasn't great. So the fans did get on my back a little bit. But do you know what? This, I think <laughs> you're still chuckling uh, at that postman, aren't you?
0: Imagine it was your next door neighbour's parcel, though. <laughs> Everybody's worse. Bring you a shit last night. Your neighbour's not inside <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Ooh. I think that, like I said like I said earlier on, it, you've got to be a certain type to play there. You really do. And I think by having those struggles initially and getting a little bit of stick from the crowd, I think that built that resilience. And I think when you go again then and you turn it around, I think the fans get that little bit more respect for you. A bit more of a feeling it, off
0: you as well. Definitely.
2: And of course, uh, I came through from 11 years old. You know, and the Mill fans, yeah. like, nothing more than, you know, a homegrown player coming through, and especially the amount that we had, not all the way through, but we had a, a decent group that had come through together. Um, but they were always, because we had such a good team and a successful team, never really saw the worst of them, where there yeah. have been bad times, like Sadr was talking yeah. about, when, you know, Jimmy Nichols in charge, and, and those days. We had good success, and the fans could they do give you a little bit more time when you're younger. So they give mm. us a chance and, and we repaid that and, and went on to, you know, what should have been for that team. It could have been, should have been the Premier League and that how it ended up at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, you, you, you touched on as well. Obviously, you was a team making a lot of noise, a lot of young players, very talented. And obviously, that doesn't go unnoticed in, in the world of football. Did you notice that clubs were coming <laughs> sniffing around? For yeah, any, was, the,
2: the Blackburn one was starting to starting to bubble along a little bit. You know, I heard rumors of interest from them. I was involved in a republic set up and obviously when you're playing alongside uh teammates that are at the Premier League clubs and the bigger clubs, one or two would get in your ear a little bit, maybe That's say cool. there's a little little interest from someone. Um got wind a couple of times that Graham Sooness went to a couple of our games, but didn't really think about it too much. Mm. You know, I was just enjoying my football. None of our heads got turned. Cause like I said earlier, if it did and you weren't delivering, then a couple of the senior lads would kick you up the ass, you know, bring you down a peg or two. So we didn't really, didn't really get involved. It's only when you're on the other side in the coaching world that you realize how many scouts and, and managers that go to these games back then you maybe thought, Oh, there might be one scout there, but there's probably mm-hmm. 20 or 30 at, every single game you're playing. Um, yeah. so, but, but by that stage, it did almost feel like that was the moment for us to kick on. Obviously, yeah. we ended up getting into that playoffs and probably a little shout to, to Dion as well that came in. Dion Dublin, was a, mm. he was a great signing, an important yeah. stage for us. And he was one, I was always one of those that if a new player come in, maybe like the Eiffel one, in every training session, you want to impress him and show him what a good player you are. He came yeah. with an unbelievable pedigree, but just fitted in straight away. You know, so down to earth, would help the younger players stay out after training and, and do extras. And I'd be out there whipping balls in for him to practice his head in or whatever it might be. To The right experience at the at the right time. Unfortunately, it's when Sads' injury had started to, to develop and Dion came in, but it almost felt like... If we weren't going to go at that season, then it was a never at some point that one or two of the bigger clubs were going to, going to come, come sniffing and, and maybe step up with a few quid and, and try and buy one or two of us. Mark McGee,
0: you, you, said, you said you weren't, weren't discussing McGee yet. You said Macca uh, Mac and Riley weren't really sure about it was having you.
2: And then obviously we yeah. have
0: heard from the other boys who just can't speak highly enough of McGee. Was he brilliant for you as well? He was.
2: It's he, funny, actually. When uh, he came in, his first game... I think he came to. We played Cambridge at home. I think we won five nil, and we. I don't think he'd been appointed yet. I think they were about to do it, mm. and he must have been watching that, thinking they don't even need a manager. Yeah, yeah. So he, he came in. He just carried a bit of an aura of a, you know, of a manager. Not saying that Ryan and Macca didn't, but when McGee came in, whether it be his, his experience and the clubs that he'd been at, but he just. Had a manner and a way about him, a confidence and a maybe a little bit of an arrogance as well that he'd, mm. he'd coached and managed at a, a high level and plus his playing career as well. But alongside that, the, the decision to bring in Ray Harford as well was an inspired one with his CV. He'd been a Blackburn and so I suppose a good scoop that isn't it? Really, for, for yeah. Me but a- I, like I, don't was, I don't think Ray was. I don't think. But I don't think Ray was doing much at the time. Mm. Ray at the time lived. I think he was in sort of over Surrey way, might be in Epsom or something. So I think he was just at home. I think the location suited him perfectly. I think initially he was coming in a couple of days a week. You know, just give us little nuggets of, of wisdom. I still to this day, I, I say it to when I've been on coaching courses and everything, that I remember playing a ball, Just a, I think I was playing right midfield at the time. I just played a ball in behind, like a channel ball almost. And he said, that's the, be- that's the best ball in the game. You know, you can get a striker in 1v1 or looking behind. Why keep the ball and play short if you can just... You know, Mm -hmm. now there's a little bit of a snobbery about playing the ball in behind. And you go to to a Premier League game, you might not see one in a game, but just little nuggets like that that just stay with you for your whole career. I say it to to players now, sometimes if I'm coaching and one of them knocks a ball in behind and one of your strikers gets in. um, And he came with such... Experience won the Premier League, obviously with Blackburn, and yeah, he's just a just a top man as well. We do individual little bits and pieces with the players, and it was just a great fit. But Steve Grit was brilliant as well. Got to give a little mention to him because yeah. he had a spell taking a reserve team as well. We, you know, we had to travel to reserve games in proper suit and tie, and everything was. Remember, Gritt used to say, "Dress smart, play smart," but just just habits and standards. You know, yeah, just because yeah. this is a this is the reserves. Every game, you should do a report after every reserve game and give you a little mark after the game. Right. So even when you was playing in the reserves, which was a, a proper league then, if you didn't play on a Saturday, you'd probably play in the resies. Yeah. So the, co- the coaching balance was was perfect for everyone at that point.
0: You brushed on him earlier. We haven't really mentioned him because he sort of always used to go about his work unnoticed. And I said to Denzel the other day, what, what was Livermore like? And he went... He's, he was a silent assassin. He was. You wanted someone to be done on the pitch. He said, Livers was your man. What was he like, Livers? Because even when he recently he was our assistant, I don't really have a lot of dealings with the press anyway, but he didn't really get a under- feeling of what he was like. So he was like quite, a, quite
2: a Geezer. But great Davis lad. Said, Top man. Great lad. Obviously, had an academy career at Arsenal, so come with great pedigree. But what I liked about it is just no nonsense, Livers. I remember one, just off the subject, there was one. Mills pre-season when when Chopper was Gaffer and Livers was assistant, where Livers, Livers went through went through Chopper. That's right. did, I think yeah. last he year or so. last summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so that was brilliant, and that was probably him. He's probably wandering around in that training session, you know, minding his own business, before I'm just going to go through the Gaffer But that so that's when I talk about the balance of that team. He, for Timmy, that just allowed Timmy to get forward and get into the box. He always knew Livers was behind it um mopping up picking up probably one of his 15 or so yellow cards a season and he's <laughs> he's still the same now in the whatsapp group chat if liver's put something on there you'd be you'd be in total shock because oh, he you? yeah he never never ever posts anything on on the whatsapp group chat you know pretty quiet on social media but he's one that i'll speak to now and again uh obviously over the last couple of years I've been into see Chopper and Livers when they're at obviously at Mill, you know, just to pick their brains and, yeah. and stay in touch and just a top top guy. Silent Assassin probably probably sums it sums it about it's, sums it up it's, it's about not... right. But one that you won in the trenches with you. For all the yeah. flair players and the talent and the goals, you need you need the likes of livermore in there if you're gonna have gonna have any success. I said dealings with
0: uh, like you, you was obviously being watched. the few of you was. What was Theo like? Do you have much dealings with Theo Papitis? What was he like at this time? Was he thinking, could cash in or a few quid, or was he? If Not
2: he was really, on a, really.
0: Theo, and being watched. Want a new contract here? Would he be like?
2: Not really. it was quite. It's quite hard work when it comes to contracts. Remember the documentary where all the camera crew came in, and I think we all ended up. Chopper initially started having a row over whether we should pay for our toast in the morning for breakfast. Remember the camera crew. <laughs> Filming. I don't know what it was on, but that that was Theo. Obviously, shrewd businessman, proper chairman. Probably run it the right way, not just spending money for fun and putting the putting the finances of the club in jeopardy. Um, but yeah, we obviously, as the time went on and we started to perform, we had to reward the lads with better contracts and pretty straightforward. Remember. One of mine was dragging out for. I think the last one I signed at Mill was dragging out for so long. My agent at the time, it was taking taking forever. So we just literally sat around the table after one of the home games and just thrashed it out in in a couple of hours between us. But he was fair, you know. I think he knew yeah. that he had to he had to reward the players that were doing well. And I think at the time, he the contracts were were fair for where we was at. And ultimately, at that time, we we probably probably were a selling club so it was only a matter of time really before before the club was gonna was gonna cash in when you look at the fees now though you're thinking
0: oh, wow
2: it's incredible when you look at the fees from the championship into the premier league now so i think we all would have been worth i don't know what it might have been 15 nah. 20, got center half going to the premier league from the championship yeah. now for 20 odd million so god knows what a lot of us would have been worth
0: Crazy fees. Well, you did end up eventually leaving the club for Blackburn. Yeah. Obviously, you've been at the club. Wouldn't be, No one ever be grudgy. Someone moving on with it. <laughs> it was. You know, you, you was destined for bigger and better things. And um, been there since eleven years old. Was that? Was that a tough decision to leave?
2: Yeah, It was tough. I remember it happened pretty quickly. There was a little bit of dialogue going on. I, I met Graham Soonis and I think the fee got a arra- rate. Um, fee got agreed pretty quickly. I cut 1.8 or 2 million. So then you get permission to go up and, and chat with them. And they just finished sixth in the Premier League, actually, the summer that I signed for them. So then I went up and had a look at the facility, met obviously Soon as the manager, and that was it. I never came back. I, I never came back. It was it was a tough decision. I, I remember just before I was going up there, there was a sort of last-ditch sort of effort from from Mark McGee to, to keep me at the club and I think he felt that if I'd had, went on to have another season like I'd just had, yeah, that there could have been could have been an even bigger club waiting but
0: yeah.
2: I think you just can't really take that chance Blackburn was still a big club still had won the Premier League, facilities were unbelievable but obviously the big decision was that moving away from, from home one, obviously yeah. being in London my whole life and to, to up sticks and move to to Blackburn sort of Manchester way was, it was, it was tough for uh, for a while, actually for the first year or so, I found it, found it really tough when in, obviously ch- in the changing room with the Millwall boys. And then, you know, the next day you're in the changing room, changing next to Dwight York and Andy Carl and, yes. you know, Brad Friedel and some, some Premier League legends in there. So it did take yeah. me a little, little while to, to adjust and to, to believe that, believe that I could do it at that level.
0: Was it always Blackburn? Was it? Was there other interest at other points from other
2: clubs? Last last ditch one from from Portsmouth actually from Harry Redknapp at the time.
0: Right.
2: So I was, I was in the in the offices at Blackburn. So Portsmouth made a last ditch effort. I think they agreed a fee as well. Um, I remember speaking to to Harry on the phone actually, and he he, was, he said to me, "Come on, let's be honest. You don't want to live in Blackburn, do you?" <laughs> You know, he rung the, he rang the missus on the, on the house phone at that, at that time, he trying to talk her. well, he must have rung the house phone to get hold of me.
0: Right, yeah, but yeah. But he ended
2: up speaking to the missus, to saying to her, you don't want to move up to Blackburn. Come on, <laughs> you, stay, stay that's down the, south.
0: That's the best possible route as well, isn't it? If you send
2: it to the missus, yeah. then you're going where the says, Johnny. <laughs> but to be honest, by that stage, my mind, my mind was made up. I didn't. <laughs> you know, pretty naively at the time, you, you didn't even ask what Portsmouth were offering or anything. They might have offered double what Blackburn were offering, but yeah. having, having met the manager, having obviously seen that they just finished sixth in the Premier League, looking at the training ground, looking at the stadium and the history, Portsmouth at that time were probably going to struggle to stay in the league. I think they did stay up that season, but I think Blackburn at the time was just a, was just a better fit. Was that the time? Sort of. So I don't want to go into other clubs too much. Portsmouth. Was that
0: the time they sort of had Sheringham, Yakubu, Mercer? Was it around that era?
2: Sherwood, yeah. Sheringham, Steve Stone. Um, so a good side, real, real good side, and probably they went pop
0: though, didn't they? Not long after.
2: They did, and I, that look in hindsight probably did make it. Well, I did make the right decision because they ended up having some decent, decent success at Blackburn, but. um, Yes. Yeah, so, and that was it. That was it. Obviously, I spoke with a few of the, a few of the minimal boys, and they wished me well. But then, obviously, the following year, you go and get to the FA Cup final, yeah,
0: I know. which
2: was which was unbelievable. You know, unbelievable the experience for, for all the lads, and and a great occasion that unfortunately I missed out on.
0: Well, that was under Dennis Wise. You, you didn't play yeah, I played under with Dennis Wise. Wisey. You were to play with Did not him. as
2: manager, played Ooh. with him and and. He was one of them before, and I've played with a lot of them actually, before you play alongside them and, and they join your club, you, you can't stand them, horrible, yeah. horrible little fucker, nasty, <laughs> nasty little man, but he actually came into the club and he's probably the fittest in the squad, I think he was 36, 37 at the front of the run-in, he'd come out early with the young lads and play, play two-touch, if you lose you get your ear flicked and you're doing that alongside Dennis Wise who's senior player he's out early every morning yeah he's at the front of the running and yeah that was a great experience learning from from somewhere and I actually actually play some good football alongside YZ I think mm. I got my first or second goal that season against Leicester which for him was a big game because I think he had a big bust up with Leicester and left there and yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he had a couple of assists for for my goals and yeah top player top man and um I think at that time we had Andy Roberts as well at that stage, but unfortunately, Mark McGee then went on to to get the sack and he took mm-hmm. over. But yeah, only played, only played alongside him.
0: If you could give us one, what's one standout memory for you in your time at Millwall?
2: I know, I know I it's think been it, a lot of years, but I think I think it's probably a couple of games. Cambridge away was was a big moment in all it meant for me. I, I think I got four assists in that game. First one was a corner for Nevers. Then, you know, three for three for Ives. So that was a big moment. Obviously, the Wembley one, probably not the probably should be the biggest, but probably isn't because we lost the game and the game kind of passed me by without without enjoying the moment. And but the Oldham the Oldham day and the game enjoyed every moment. The performance was perfect. The goal was. Still to this day, one of the best goals I've ever scored. Everything was—it was was a sellout. You know, it wasn't often that obviously the fans used to get the would get the away end, but that day, they had had the away end as well. Pretty much packed out the away end. So to see it sold out, ending on that with promotion as was champions was unbelievable. That that'd be the standout game. That Cambridge one probably just behind that. Yeah, you 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 was phenomenal that night.
0: Another game you did score in, which uh, Sads, Sads spoke about in depth, was obviously Neil Harris's comeback game. Yeah, for one at Watford, you scored that day. What's your memories of that day?
2: Again, incredible one because because of the pitcher, because of what Chopper had been through. It was, you know, listening to Sads' story, especially and, and running it through from that summer when we all found out the news. I was such a such a young lad at that stage; you don't really know how to deal with something like that. Mm. When you're when you're a senior player or you're more mature and yet, so I kind of didn't really know what to do. I think I ended up ringing Chopper and not knowing what to say.
0: Yeah, I because imagine you're that it, yeah.
2: young and you've not really experienced. It's not touched you in that, you know, in that way before.
0: Yeah.
2: anyone close to me in that way. So for it to be one of your good teammates, you know, good mate yeah. on and off the pitch, to going into something a little bit unknown, you hear cancer and you automatically think. You fear the worst. Um, so for him to, not not only to get back, but to get back and deliver moments like that, because I'm sure that was what Chopper was feeling like at the time. Yeah, Just wants to get back well. Forget the football. I just actually want to get back and yeah. be healthy and you know enjoy my life. But to get back and to have that impact. And that perfect day, New Year's Day, start of a new year. And I was managed to get a goal that, that day as well. The performance was unbelievable. I can't actually remember Vialis. I know Sad spoke about that one, but I can't remember that, that bit that he did in the paper. But the goal was just just the perfect goal, picking it, in, picking it up in his own half and to finish like that. And I'm probably one of the other lads as well that's got that picture up in the house. It's, it's one of the few. I'm one of those that don't really you know, like to put too much memorabilia up. Well, I've got a few. You probably might have seen my social media. I've got a few up now, but (laughs) not many photos. But that one of Chopper and all all of us lifting him up was—it's probably one of the most iconic pictures in the club's history. I'd say, yeah, hundred percent, because he's such an iconic figure, um, top scorer, and just a top bloke as well. He's one of my go-to's now. Obviously, speak with a few Daishi. managing obviously Burnley and Chopper's one I'm in the coaching world now so Chopper's one of those that is one of my go-tos when yeah, I've got something on my mind in the coaching world and and in general top man I think he, I think he's up next on this as well Is um, it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I think he's so, gonna see this I wish. Mate. I, wish. Um, I think he will I think he's watching others yeah I've I have heard a rumor but um let's hope so mate fingers crossed but, mate, listen, it's been your show. It's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed your time. We got there in the end after a few technical difficulties. But yeah. Stephen Reid, Mill legend, mate. A- appreciate your time so much. Legend, Thank really. Thank you.
2: Brilliant. Top man.
0: mate. Take it easy. bye well, am mate. Bye-bye. See you, mate.